This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Brandon Worth with you here on this lovely episode. I believe we're on 27 right now. Yes, sir, 27. Thank you guys for hanging with us. This has been a fun season so far. But, of course, joined with my buddy Joe Nagy as well, and also special guest. You guys, you guys have heard him before. Tigers fan Mags Adam Langworthy is with us. What's up, man? Oh, you know, that's much. How's it going? It's going pretty solid, man. I mean, hey, with what's going on today... It's been pretty fun checking Twitter feeds every 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 hour for what's <laughs> going been on. Not productive in the slightest. <laughs> no, yeah. not even close. But um, absolutely going to be getting into that MLB free agency rumors as well as recapping what was a wonderful weekend for wonderful Michigan football fan. State sports weekend. Oh, of course. But first, of course, as always, Fair State Sports Report starting on the gridiron. Anchor, anchor down. It's just too My easy. My goodness, little sister part two. Sit down. Be humble. And I'll tell you what, what a complete domination that was. What a complete game that was. We had no turnovers, four interceptions that we had, or we got five turnovers. Five turnovers. Grand Valley just couldn't seem to get anything going at all. Every time that Cade Peterson tossed a ball up, he knew it was going to get intercepted. So that was a really good job by our secondary. Sidney McLeod was back, so that was a big thing, too. We just played so solid. No turnovers either, so it was just a very good, complete game of football. 34-point blowout in the national uh, playoffs. So, you know, if you really want that much more evidence of how much better Fair State is than Grand Valley, there's that. Yeah, I mean, really, when you look at it across the board, I mean, out really, like, yeah, they were close to us in passing yards. Their Their efficiency was awful. I think it was 16 of 35, which Cade Peterson's a much better quarterback than that guy's like. I mean, he's in the Harlan Hill conversation. He's a great QB. I mean, we just disguised coverage just Harlan left Hill? and right. He was in the Harlan Hill conversation? Yeah, he was nominated. He was nom- Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Okay. We don't need to get into that. But, yeah, I mean, every team also nominates players. So, um, oh, yeah, but, well, I mean, yeah, but. nonetheless, he is a great player, and he really gave us fits back in October when we played him the first time at Lubbers. And, I mean, it just seemed like our defense was just all over their their passing game. I mean, receivers, it didn't look like the connection was there. No. And, boy, we took advantage of it. I mean, four interceptions, two by Sintel Williams, which I believe was his first game back in two weeks. I yes, mean, sir. hey, welcome back to the DB room. I mean, Or I should say back onto the field from the DB room. And what a way to do so. But I, it was just complete and utter domination. I mean, we had the ball for 17 minutes longer in the game, outgained them in yardage, handily rushing, and even also passing, even though we threw it, I believe, half as many, or just under half as many times. Mm-hmm. What else can you ask for from this yeah. team, especially in what was an absolute snow bowl? Literally had to bring out rough. Kubota tractors. In between was like, quarters and halves, let to me tell you what. Field. Doing stats and trying to figure out where the ball was placed on what hash mark was a nightmare. Oh yeah, for like the first like two and a half quarters. Oh it stopped, yeah, it stopped snowing after like five minutes into the third p- quarter, so that was not bad. But like 
those first two quarters were something else. Yeah. It, you was just you would just guessed at that point. You'd be like, I'm, I'm on the fifth. I was on the fifty yard line, and I was like, that looks fifteen yards away. So we'll just say it's on the on the thirty five. Yeah, I mean, it was a nightmare in the production booth for um for our car clock operators and our our scoreboard monitors to put up those downs and um the the yard lines just because there was no shuffled yard lines. They did a great job shoveling the end zones and great job by everybody on the sidelines that was able to keep that clear and that was help. And there was even some people on the opposite side that shovel some of the hash marks yeah, that was nice that was, was nice that, that was, was nice that was those clutch. people whoever they were you guys You're saved the, the, day. the day i mean it, it was just crazy the amount of snow we got consistently and there's really nothing you can do about it because mm-hmm. it was just keep coming it was keeping on yeah. dumping i think we're in a weather advisory the entirety of the game and i mean yeah. great football weather though i mean there was some sweet pictures that came out of that one of them yeah, of course really cool. will be on our graphic yeah that's that's for sure it was really is a really cool spot but one thing i am not worried about but one thing to kind of keep caution if you are a fair state football fan is jared bernhardt did go out uh i think it was halfway into the third quarter uh um, he i'm not sure if he got banged up or it was a little earlier than that a little earlier than that yeah. i don't know what it was but either way i'm not too worried about it because i think he'll be back it might have just been a concussion so he might be out for next week but he will be back the next one if we do go forward but like i said not really too worried about it because Malik Mitchell has stepped up. He did really well. I mean, one, like, what was it, 25-yard rushing touchdown, a couple passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. really picked it up on when he when his number was called. So that was really cool to see. But, yeah, I'm really glad that we're clicking. Everybody's coming back. We haven't really lost a beat at all. So that's one thing to really look forward to as we head to Northwest Missouri State this weekend. Yeah, and, I mean, that's a familiar foe that we've faced now, I believe, three of the last, um, well, technically five years. Four years we've played, of course, with the COVID mm-hmm. year last year. Um, so, And we're 2-1 against them. Um, but, I mean, we're, we're in a spot where anybody beats anybody on any given day, right, West Florida? I mean, mm-hmm. that's really where we're at at like, this point. Like Anise so, said, one week at a time. One Survive week at a time. One opponent at a time. Wait, this isn't volleyball. Yeah. Sounds sounds like it though. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they're gonna be, of course, facing Northwest Missouri State next Saturday. If you're a student, go over to the ticket office at the Athletic Center and get your free tickets now before you're too late. I'm telling you that right now. Free tickets. How can you turn that down? Yeah, how can you turn it down? Especially for what we got coming up this weekend. I think there's ticket there's gonna be tickets flying everywhere. I mean, it's just gonna be mass chaos. But if you want more, check out the football tab at FairStateBulldogs.com. But anyway, moving over now into basketball. Uh, two games uh, going one and one this week. A loss at Finley, tough, uh, really tough Oiler team. They looked really well, uh, and then we went ho- or came back home on Sunday to play um, Lincoln University out of Pennsylvania. They're a pretty good team. They had a lot of athleticism, and they're a really physical team. But we got the job done, eighty-two to sixty-six, I believe, was the final on the Sunday game, and our loss was eighty-six seventy-four for those that keep track of uh, the scores and stuff, which it's all online, of course. But I mean, really, we're seeing a lot of. A lot of good guard play. I mean, we're no question that our backcourt can fill it. I mean, you can just mention Walt right off the top, and everybody knows that. I mean, Lee's done a great job. Ben is an explosive player to bring off the bench as a six-man that can shoot the lights out. Um, but, I mean, some of our other guys really stepped up, especially in that Lincoln game. Logan Ryan deserves all the credit in the world. He mm-hmm. was fantastic in that game. I mean, he really made our offense so multi-dimensional in the second half. I mean, we were trailing by one and I mean, we were we we just were really trading punches. Both teams were really good defensively in the first half and then Coach Bronkema and that team just started hitting shots and they were really putting together good schemes. I mean, we put some pressure on them for some turnovers, some bad looks and really took advantage of it. I mean, just 
it was really fantastic to see. I think Logan led with 20. Walt had 17. Dorian Louis with 13. Ben Davidson with 10 off the bench. Lee Higgins as well with 9. Um, Logan Ryan had double-double as well to mention. I mean, he had 11 boards in this game. Scholler had 8 assists to go with 5 boards. And the funny part was I think there was one play where um, – Jimmy had a uh, an open contest uh, open. It was a contested layup, and he tried to pass it. I believe it was. I believe it was to Logan, or it might have been like Reese or something. Uh, but he ended up getting it got deflected out of bounds. And I looked over from the scores table at Coach Bronkema, and he was. It just looked like steam was coming out of his ears because you know he wanted to shoot the ball, but um, like uh, Jimmy's just that guy. He wants to make yeah. everybody else better and give them opportunities. So that's why you always see every week when he's got two points in the column. Don't worry, he, he's go, he's a great offensive player he just ha- wants to distribute first so pass first type of guy yeah and you every every team needs that so for sure but um i mean really looking at a great season coming up i mean we're already sitting at five and one um we're gonna be starting conference play here uh, especially this weekend it'll be a little unorthodox um yes if you did see the schedule that is correct they are playing at big rapids high school shout out adam for, can't wait for that for, Go Cardinals. Go Cardinals. Go Cardinals. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, me and Adam have a high school rivalry that's still semi-bitter to this day. I, I mean, we're, we're adults. We can, we can get over it, right? I mean, I guess. Oh, oh, great. Anyway, but yes, they will be playing in Big Rapids. Um, very, very unorthodox, we know. This whole weekend has been crazy. Um, and, of course, we'll you'll cover... He, you'll hear about that on the next show. Yeah, we'll, we're going to cover all the be. stuff coming up this weekend. But Thursday and Saturday... Um, they'll be starting conference play. Purdue Northwest and Wisconsin Parkside coming to town. Um, those, I believe, at 7.30 on Thursday and then 4.30 on Saturday. So if you want tickets, make sure that you get them and that you can go watch the games. Because this team's really good. I mean, they're, they're fast. They're, they're, they're a really versatile team. They have a lot of different things that they can throw at teams, especially defensively. Um, we, saw some, we saw some possessions of zone that really messed up Lincoln, and that was really good to see that we can play both good man and zone defenses at times because we'll need that in some, against some of these teams that can shoot the ball really well but not necessarily have a physical presence. And we also saw a great physical presence this last game, which we hadn't seen as of good I mean it's still been great but like this was the game where you're like all right that's the Logan Ryan that we've wanted to see since day one and that's really what he if he's that if he plays that way I mean we can compete with anybody in the conference for sure yeah for sure that's that's one thing too is what we've been able to see so far is when our when our scoring gets on like pretty hot and we'll be able to score in bunches really fast and that's the one thing that I'm really looking forward to when we start conference play this upcoming weekend because we're going to have a little bit of a tough schedule uh in the first like four games. I don't know if our first two games are going to be too tough, but we got Michigan Tech to open up the season as well, and they were they were the only team ranked above us in the preseason polls, so it's going to be a tough one, but nonetheless, I mean, early tests are what really makes good teams, so that's one thing that we're... I know that the that Bronx is going to be working with the team hard for, and a lot of the leaders on the team are going to be getting the boys ready for a, for a tough team that, you know, proved... proved uh, difficult last year and the year before and Michigan Tech is usually a perennial powerhouse in the GLIAC as well as Ferris so that's just one thing I'm really looking forward to Mm-hmm. And I guess going over to the the women's side, um, I've got two wins against Ursuline and Grace Christian um, this week. Um, Easy and wins. Pretty, pretty dominant wins for sure. Um, but, I mean, right now, looking at this team, it's a different team. And it's a different team for the better than we saw yeah. last year. This team has so much experience, 
so much firepower. And I mean, Chloe Adoni, just like we mentioned with Logan, like when she's playing in that role at the at the best of her ability and is able to get good matchups, it just makes everybody else look better. Because I mean, that draws attention inside kick out, and we got some great shooters on this team with McCartney, Anderson, Anderson, um, and Blanchard as well, and all so many others that well off the bench. Like, when we have that, I mean, we saw that plenty of times in that Grace Christian game. I mean, when we drove inside, like, they, they started collapsing really fast, and that's why well, we ended up getting a pretty high foul count. But, I mean, we were able to just take it to them as far as knocking them down from outside. I believe we were about, I think we were on 33% overall, but it felt higher than that, especially in some of the, uh, some of the, key moments that those shots came in because there were mm-hmm. times that we stumbled a little bit but um, the biggest thing out of these two games is we got to see um, a lot of the reserves getting minutes in uh, I unfortunately first line it was kind of opposite when they only had five players but I guess you just have to do what they have to do but I mean that that was tough yeah, that to was, watch them because I mean they, they were struggling well yeah you could tell like after the third or quarter they were really gassed like that fourth quarter is kind of when we made our final separation from them and that was just like it was tough because it was a lot of just like, it wasn't like, I don't know, it was very just try to drive as fast as you can and then kick it out. And their pass, their pass were getting a little bit sloppy. The play was getting a little bit sloppy just because, you know, they don't have anybody to sub in. And when the game first started, I was just like, oh, like they just got five people warming up. Like it's like the other teams are in the locker room. And then like their other four of them just like started coming out and they were all just like in, uh, in like their warmups. And I was just like, so they only have five people, but I guess they only had five people because like, I I think when I talked to Rob, it was like two or two had COVID or something. Yep, and then like four were injured mm-hmm. or something. Their star player was out, then, I believe, with the knee. Yeah, and then the three that were like in their warmups or like weren't playing at all, they were just red shirting. So, like, it's just an unfortunate for them. But I mean, we did what was expected. That was. I mean a blowout win. So yeah, I mean keep it rolling. That's really that's really the message right now, and that's the the way that you want to see these non conference games at the start of the year. You want to see good basketball, and you want to see it keep it rolling against no matter who the opponent is. So especially going into a tough conference season, because I mean right now we're ranked lower. I think than um, a lot of people can see this team, especially uh-huh. I think we can be the, well, we can be better than what we're rated on paper in the conference. So Wait, what are we rated on, on the conference right now? Uh, I believe it's like middle. I believe middle of the pack, if I remember correctly. I think we're I, better than that. I can check. Like how good we've been playing lately? Yeah, I, I think we're gonna surprise a lot of people when we have to play these first four games. Yeah, I think like there's a lot that you can see from like this conference. I mean, Michigan Tech is a solid squad. Saginaw Valley has always been a very, very good team. I mean, Zeriki's one of the best players in the conference for sure. Um, I think like when you look necessarily at some of these rankings, I think his history comes a lot involved. I mean, obviously, Michigan Tech, Saginaw are up there because they've been good, and they've been good for a long time. So, And then you always throw in Grand Valley and those teams in there. So you can definitely see where some of those rankings come from, but... I, I think that I think we're a better team, and I I really think that we're better than um. It's loading. Wait for it. What are you pulling up? We are ranked second right now. I wait. Is that correct? Yeah, we're ranked second. I think in the north, but I think that we're ranked around third, fourth, or fifth overall. Mm. I want to say. Well, that's not too bad. I thought we'd have not been like closer to No, no, no. That's not bad at all. Like I like cuz there's 11 teams in the conference. I mean, what do you consider the middle? I would consider the middle yeah. anywhere between like 4 and 8 is where I would consider the middle because it just fluctuates so much. So, yeah, I mean, we're right now in a good spot, I think. I mean, when you look at the poll, we're second with 44 votes. Obviously, Michigan Tech's number 1. 
then Parkside and Northern Michigan are right behind us, only by like two votes each. Like it's it's a toss up for two mm-hmm. through four, and so you you can make the argument that they're better, what like whatever. But I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this conference, and it's certainly going to be fun to see, especially with this team growing, and really just having that that big time ability to make shots and flurries. As mm-hmm. we've seen before, especially like last year when we saw Mallory McCartney and Caden Blanchard get hot, and now we've added Adrian Anderson, and then Chloe Adoni can really put our physical presence inside and score points and get boards. So this team added another dynamic, and I think that's what the committee saw when they ranked us so high. But there's some doubters. Time to prove them wrong. Exactly. Rise with us. Yeah, exactly. Or leave with us. Anyway. Uh, going finally into hockey over the weekend, we were traveling up to Houghton to face the Huskies. Tough weekend. Tough weekend. Yeah. It was a good Friday game. Friday game was good. A little bit of the same that we don't want to see. We know that. It's really, I don't know. It's a lot of... How do you break the curse at this point? Yeah, That's kind of what it feels to, like. You need to get, the, I don't know, to lose, to go into the third period again, leading by... Th- what is it? Tied. It was tied. When then we went up. Four. We were up three one in the first period. Three one first back, period. Tied it. I don't know. That's always what it seems to be. We just get way too tired with the way that we play. The dump and chase. It's not good for longevity in a game because it always happens in the third period. We play solid. We're able to get set up in the first period. We get a little bit less looks in the second period, and then when we get to the third period, it's like hopefully there's a breakaway so that way we can score on or hopefully there's a two-on-one that we can maybe get a goal on but we never it's rare that we ever get set up in the third period unless it's a power play we don't if it's five on five it's being on the defense getting it out and then like i said hopefully it's a breakaway because we're not going to be able to get set up because we're way too tired our guys are starting to pick it up a little bit with how we've been able to play i mean justin mckinney's been playing really well he's been on fire lately uh was it Drew Cooper? I think it, that's his name. He's been playing pretty solid lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had an McDougal, on Friday. The captain's yeah. playing pretty solid. So we got guys who are able to really pick it up and play well. But it's just that team aspect of being able to finish in the third period that we've been saying all throughout the year so far. And I mean, it's the reason why we're four and eleven, or sorry, four and twelve, because every game I can tell you right now, we were leading against I think Canisius going in the third pe- third period, lost four to three. We were leading against Michigan State on yep. that second game, oh. three to one. Ended up losing four to three. Leading against Northern Michigan the first game three to one in the f- no three to one in the first period, and then we ended up losing six to three. Le- we led against Northern Michigan the second game, lost seven to six. Mm-hmm. I don't know if and then yeah we're leading against Michigan Tech at a point lost six four and then six one the next day. So it's just a lot of let just stay keep your foot on the pedal. It's not like it's gonna be a tough thing. I mean if you're able to jump on top of them, that's the one thing is like whoever scores first has the momentum in the game and just keep that going. But we haven't ever been able to score in bunches. Once we, I think once we have a game where we play somebody in our conference where we just beat the brakes off of, where we get six goals to one or something like that, where we actually have a great game on both sides of the, of the puck, that'll be good. But we just haven't seen that yet, and I don't know if we will, especially since we have Lake Superior State coming up, Bowling Green, and then we got Minnesota State to come back off of Christmas break. Yeah, and the worst thing. Which the- that's the worst thing. That, I, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, the, off a month of break, and then you got to come play the best team in the country. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. It's not great, but I mean, at this point, would a reset be the thing that breaks this this? It's weird possible. Funk? I mean, that that's kind of really, where I'm at. Really, at this what point. they should really work on is just conditioning over the over the winter, because we've, like I said, we've seen that we've been able to get set up and we're able to score goals when we get set up, but it's being able to get set up in those later periods and that month off. 
you can really just work out on being incredibly in shape and getting to the point where you can get to the third period and it doesn't matter how tired you are. Once you get to that, oh, those overtime games as well, you're not really going to have to worry about it. But I yeah. don't know. once that break comes by, it's going to be up to the team to figure out what they want to do for it. And there's going to be a lot of different things that they can do, but I think conditioning is going to be the one thing that's going to really set them apart for these later half of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 tough. I mean, I, anybody that says, like, yeah, like they're, they're skating for only three minutes at a time, come on, man, it's like, yeah, no. You're skating as Get hard as you can. That. It's not even That's three a, minutes. It's like a minute and a half. Yeah, for as hard as you can, and literally in the most mental intense moments of a sport, I mean, like, it's high intense. It's a small arena, small puck. You got six people on the ice at one time for your team, and then you got another six on the other side. Technically, five on five, you exclude the goaltender. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. It's a position where, like, especially with a, a sport like hockey, similar to like soccer and baseball you when you find funks it's like it kind of goes in stretches just because like i feel like with football and like basketball teams can play different ways i mean basketball you could probably put in this well i mean football is kind of the the complete um i wouldn't say like the complete opposite but the like the most contrasting sport out of that out of the ones i just said because like every opponent plays almost significantly different than the last one. So you have that like mental reset every every week where it's like, oh yeah, this team's good at the run. We, we're, we've been stinking at the run. Oh, well, this next team's we're, we're good against pass. Now, now we switch, yeah. you know? Where like hockey, it's like it's played in such a similar way, like with soccer and like with basketball, where there's so many similar things where it's really hard for you to get like that one opponent that does something completely differently to get your mind off of that thing that you're you're really struggling with because right now it's the third period like we're we're just struggling in the third period and it's it's really tough to see because we've played good hockey so many times this year yeah and we've led teams and we've beaten we've beaten teams like we've beaten them they've come out and it's just like oh my goodness, Like the other team looks exhausted. And then they just get these open chances, and you're just like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And then there's one more, and then there's another goal. Now it's tied all of a sudden, and everyone's going, wow, what just happened? And then the game's over, and they scored. It's like, it's so tough to take that over and over again mentally. And that's kind of, I feel like, mm-hmm. what we saw on Saturday when, I mean, we ended up losing 6-1. to one. Just accumulation of all this is just like, yeah, they did, they played one of their worst games of the season, according to some of the people that I talked to about this game. Like, they played one of the worst games all year, which, I mean, you can definitely see on paper was not pretty whatsoever. Yeah. So, uh, maybe a full reset is what we need right now. I don't know. I, I mean, really, I think maybe... Us as the fans, we need to give them some rejuvenation. I mean, I know it's hard to say. That's not going to happen um, until they start winning. But exactly let's just be exactly my point, right? So now, where are you at? That's what it, they're they're searching for a solution that yeah, that's is hard thing. to find. Well, here's the thing about that whole situation: is teams got to play better for us for them to get play people to show up and watch the game. True. Our facilities need to get better because everybody, to me, and I know a lot of other people agree on this: is our facilities are so bad they're so poor they are not good they could use a lot more work it's just very i don't know it's just not good like we have a a 30 foot ceiling that the pucks get hit on all the time we have a terrible we have two terrible scoreboards that basically haven't been renovated since like the 90s and we have a half it's a half bowl like, you get so many more people in there, and you could make it so much more of a game day experience if you had a full bowl around it. It's only going to cost like two, three million. 
You could get a you could get an alum to toss some money that way. You get a, get a couple of alums to toss that way. Take some money out of take some money out of something or like approve something so that way you can raise the Put raise it in the, the roof. cap. I mean maybe, but you could raise the roof 20 feet, maybe 10 20 feet. Get make it a little bit no, 20 30 feet probably. Raise that up some, get a full bowl, take out that half sheet that's in that behind uh the whatever it is like through that doorway where that half sheet is just get rid of that because only like the mini mites practice on that you can have them practice on the main sheet or whatever i don't know there's a lot more improvements that need to be made that i don't think will get made but they need to yeah i mean the cap is starting to be constructed i see the volleyball arena starting to kind of come together breaking ground and setting that foundation but uh yeah i mean i it's kind of crazy for um like something that i've really realized is like um, when I was talking to Harrison, actually, it's like, man, we're a really good school for not having, like, as updated of facilities as some of the other schools. Like, you know, the one I mean, up, pretty, an hour down south. Pretty clear reason why. But yeah, but I, I mean, it's it's tough, like, to compete that way. And, I mean, we, we give kudos to all of our athletes for really, like, showing that grittiness, that toughness. I think that's what makes, like, our sports program so dominant is that mental toughness through all of that stuff. I mean, we're practicing out in the – like, yeah. football's practicing out in the sleep probably right now. But it's it's fine because I guess that they, they don't need the necessary to have an indoor – uh, half our uh, half field uh, practice facility like some of the other schools like Grand our Grand Valley like uh, Saginaw, yeah, Saginaw like all the other ones, but it's just really just shows us just how it, great and gritty we really are because no, we're not, battling through everything. No, a lot of things you don't need to battle through, and we're still doing it. I'm not a college athlete, but when I played in high school, when you go to schools that had way better facilities than you. And also, or just like even just better stuff, like a cooler, like a nicer, like a bigger weight room, or like just an updated like facilities and stuff. They don't have to be brand new, but just like a new floor on a gym or something like. Are you thinking of the school I'm thinking of? I mean, kind of. I think I but know also, exactly like, what we're talking about here. You go to like schools, like, okay? So like when I wrestled, and I would go to like conf- or meets at like Granville High School, mm-hmm. and to see their gym and how nice that is. Of course, they're a division up from us, and they're where they're at. They have a little bit more money, but it's like. What you can do to be able to just renovate stuff and make it nicer, it's very cheap. Of course, it's going to be more expensive on the college side, but there's just a lot of stuff that you could do that wouldn't cost a lot of money that could make it so that's a lot more, I guess, reputable as a college athletics facility compared to a lot of the other places that were around. Because fair, I'm just going to be honest, Ferris, Ferris facilities suck right now. Like, they're not <laughs> great at all. Like, the the newest thing we had, I mean, the cap's coming in, but the newest thing we had was basically the press box. Like that's probably the nicest thing that we have compared to oh Wheeler, athletics. yeah. Like, that's like it. I think that's is that the most updated thing that we've had. I don't know. It's like what fifteen years old, probably. Uh, no, I is it? Well, that it used to be only like the first floor, right? And then they, they added, added the next floor, floor just yeah. just recently. Yeah, I I mean that's kind of that's kind of tough. How I guess like. Yeah, everything kind of just blends together where, oh, actually, you know, probably what it was, it was the turf field that they installed for soccer. It's probably the newest thing. Yeah, that was thing. probably the newest but, thing. But, I mean, that's also a field. So. Yeah. Is it a, it's, it, would you consider that a facility? And it, it, it's discrepancies both ways from different team people, so. Either way, it's a lot of things that we need to do to make it a lot nicer to be an athlete here. And that's coming from a non-athlete. I don't even play sports here, but yeah. being a student who sees what other schools have when I go to their school it's like wow like we are so far behind it's mm. not even funny I agree with you it's hard I love I love being a bulldog I Same. really do I, I like the whole a, experience about it I like it. going to Ferris but just 
update our stuff, please. Yeah, it would be it'd be nice to get some updated stuff, which we are getting, and I'm excited about. I'm really excited about the new weight room and stuff, and I'm I'm happy for volleyball just because like that gym was really small, and for how well they're they're doing, they should definitely have a stadium to fit more people because yeah. more people would come to watch. Yeah. Half the people didn't even know where it was. I'm mainly I'm mainly saying fixing fixing up the hockey arena because if you've seen. Minnesota State's arena, Michigan Tech's arena, eh, Northern okay. Michigan's arena. Exclude Minnesota because Minnesota is a hockey state. But go ahead. Well, just their arena. Minnesota State's a D two school. Well, yeah, they just, they're the same thing as us. Same with Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan. They it's have also more central Mankota though, or Mankota though. But I'm just saying, it's like when you are in a conference with those people, and you you as a player go see them and see how packed they are and how nice of facilities that they have and they have the overhead scoreboard that's over the top of the ice that has a jumbotron on it or you go to northern michigan and they have the overhead scoreboard and they have a whole bowl that gets filled up and they have really cool facilities and stuff it is demoralizing it's not demoralizing but it just makes you just like wow i wish we had this like why doesn't ferris have this so that when you go back it's just like oh like we're playing at a glaven arena that's got a half basically a half bowl and mm-hmm. it b- barely gets filled up halfway. Yeah. Bro, my grandpa's been going to these games since the 70s, and the first thing he mentioned when we went to visit my sister up in Northern was how nice the hockey rink is. Yeah, yeah. see? It's yeah. a lot nicer. Same with their basketball. I don't know. That's one thing. Ferris is just very far behind. Because their basketball is the same thing. They have a full bowl around it. Mm-hmm. It's sick. Yeah. It works. We just need more people. Come watch the games. Our teams are good. And well, we just need more. I don't know. This podcast was almost created more, so we could highlight. We need those to have more focus on like the sports and stuff because like we don't have. We need more of more of a budget to go there because I don't think our athletics budget is anywhere close to. I don't think our education schools. budget's very high either. Yeah, I can tell you where our budget's going. All right, well, let's not get that far. <laughs> let's let's get to a break here. We'll be back here. Podcasting is fun. Being able to chat with your friends on air about all of your favorite topics, whether it's entertainment, news, politics, sports, or culture, that can be fun. What's not so fun? Getting your podcast out there for people to hear. Luckily, that's what Anchor.fm is best at. Be able to create, distribute, and monetize your podcast all for free, including recording options and exclusive customization tools that you can even do on your phone. For more information to start your own podcast today, visit Anchor.fm. That's Anchor.fm. And we're back from our quick little break, getting getting rested, get a couple of drinks in there, you know, get a little bit, get the get the airways pumping a little bit more after we go into the second half of the show. But boys, this weekend, last weekend, actually was the game Michigan versus Ohio State. We finally did it, Michigan on top, boys. Arguably one of the best moments of my life so far. I know Adam, you're not a big Michigan guy. I know you're a Michigan State guy. We've listen, talked about this already, listen, but I I literally just hate Ohio. I don't have any other politics. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you're one of those Michigan State fans that hates Ohio because I've run into Michigan State fans that like were rooting for Ohio State, and I was like, how how could you? Gross! I hate the entire state. It's, it's if you disgusting. if you're from Michigan, it's you, it's just known. You don't like Ohio. It's the it's just the it's just a known thing. I. Yeah, that I don't understand that method of. I guess there has to be some sort of like hatred to Michigan somehow, some event that's linked to some like PTSD with the yeah, school. You have to I have don't, some sort know. of situation that makes you yeah, but hate Michigan. Hey, you can root with forever whatever team you want, but all I can tell you is we finally did it. We did it, Joe. We did it. We did Jim it. Harbaugh did this it. was the year to do it. What? It I, sucks that Jim Harbaugh moment. did it, but we did it regardless. <laughs> I don't know, cause like oh, I don't get picky now. Okay, I don't know, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, 
don't know. Just with his track record of big rivalry games, he hasn't been great. So, like, I'm glad we won, but this kind of means that he's just going to be here to yeah, stay for a little bit longer. He's no Mel Tucker, I'll say that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but, I don't know. This was the year to do it, especially with Ohio State's young core. I mean, C.J. Stroud, a young quarterback, still played incredibly well. I mean, 394, two touchdowns, 34 for 49. Played absolutely incredible, but, I mean, it just one name we got to say. Hassan Haskins absolutely pulled a... Pull the Kenneth Walker out there, just put in five touchdowns, 169 yards. That was crazy. Cade McNamara played pretty well as well. Pretty pretty well. One interception. I mean, kind of figured that was going to happen, but you know, when you have Hassan Haskins doing five touchdowns, don't really need to worry about it. Did you see that Michigan did to Iowa State what Michigan State did to us, and it worked? What was it? We ran the ball. Exactly. And moved the trenches. And it was amazing because we didn't have to throw it. Oh, my goodness. Because what best. was the number one thing we were talking about, Joe? We were previewing this game, right? What happens when they stop the run? Well, you don't have to worry about it when they can't stop the run. Exactly. And it every time. Thunder and Lightning were absolutely incredible. I, this is such a fun game. I hated the fact that I was almost getting tickets for this game. Some things fell through, and frankly, I wasn't paying $300 by the time that this all happened. And yeah, no. it, it happens. And the fact that we were working the Anchor Bone game, and just, like, you didn't get to full watch all of it. I watched parts of it back again, and I watched the highlights, of course, and all the notable plays. It was an incredible moment. And I, I remember sitting there with my dad, and I was like, we finally did it. It's been this long. We've been tormented. We've been thrown in the trash. By that state that we hate so much, and now we get to laugh for an entire year. We got Iowa, yes. baby. And then we got Iowa. Thank you. Now we got Iowa to worry about. Yeah, we're moving on to Iowa, though. Short-lived, sadly. But, I mean, hey, Big Ten Championship, of course, that's something that you would want to. Mm-hmm. That'd be, like, the only thing where you would be, like, wouldn't enjoy this moment more. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's the only thing that's, like, you yeah. See, and potential playoff implications. You see what Jim Harbaugh said after the game in the press conference, like, to Ryan Day? Yeah. I thought that was funny. Oh. Some people are, like, annoyed that, like, like Michigan fans win one game in however many years and they forget how to act. It's just like, dude, like, there are so many years that – or there's so many times where okay. Ohio State fans – Like, Thank it's, you. it's true what Michigan – what Jim Harbaugh said. Like, Ryan Day was gifted a top five football program – in the height of their whatever, like, because Urban Meyer just had to leave. So he just gave it to him, and then he's like, okay, I can just run with this. And he was already, what, assistant coach at the time? Mm-hmm. So yep. it's not like he was, like, just an outside hire. All the guys knew him. He was a part of the recruiting process most of the time. He just put in, he just continued Urban Meyer's program that he had there. It's not like, just what Jim Harbaugh said. Some people think they hit a triple, and they're, or some people are born on third base, and they think they hit a triple. What a quote. What a quote, honestly. That's going to be on T-shirts on sale over Christmas, and they're going to be sold out immediately. Yeah. But I'll just say, be careful, Jim. That doesn't mean that you get the full range here, because everyone's going to bring up the record. And what are you going to come gonna back say, with yeah, from what that? Is he, what is he right now? One and four? One and five? Eh, it gets worse than that. Not one to mention six. his record against State. Yeah, yeah no. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm enjoying this moment. Full 100%. And I'm also glad Michigan State beat Penn State because Penn State wasn't as good as everyone said they were. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad, glad they got State. exposed. That was, that was a snowball as well, that too. Was. That was like Michigan, almost as bad as Ferris. Michigan football, like, I mean, the big house, the woodshed, just a, just two snowballs. That's really all it was. And exactly. it, was it was fun to you see. see that last play? That it was a fourth and 15 or whatever. He threw the absolute dime in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was pretty sweet. Beautiful. Did not think that was going to work out. <laughs> no. You were, no. Like, you were like, ah, 
minutes now. Oh, that was, yeah, that was totally how it worked. But stay disciplined, and that's what we did. Only had two penalties to Iowa State's 10, and we actually didn't have the ball for the majority mm-hmm. of the game as well, which I did notice. But the fact is that we showed that quality was over quantity. Yeah. And, I mean, our uh, give credit to the offensive line. They played phenomenal because yeah. that Ohio State pass rush has always been, yep, the Bosa brothers, they built it, always watch out. And, it's, and they made them look silly. Yeah. And then our defensive line, my goodness, Aiden Hutchinson, please Three escort sacks. yourself to New York City. That yeah. was how good this performance he's, was. He's locked in as the number one pick, probably. He's headed for a nine-year career in early retirement. Because I think he's, I mean, Detroit's probably going to draft him. Even though our defense is pretty solid right now, I want us to draft a quarterback, to be honest, a franchise yeah. quarterback. We're not going to. We're going to stick think spot with that. We're going to stay with golf for at least probably another year and then draft the next quarterback coming out, which, I mean, makes sense because, I mean, I can't really, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that come to mind that are be coming out of this draft or mm-hmm. coming out of this class that are like really sticking out that to are me. elite but the nfl like i've heard some nfl like um insiders that have said teams are looking at something similar happening this year than last year despite the drop in quality of quarterbacks just like, a heavy quarterback draft class yeah like well not necessarily like heavy as far as like skill and value but we could see them getting drafted one two three regardless if they're the best players or not just because of the immediate need now it seems like yeah. it seems like the need for a quarterback is being shown now in this league as pretty much hit or miss when it comes to that because I mean you have but then this is my argument it's like wait Mac Jones is the best out of this class so far right yeah, and he was exactly. the last one drafted in the first round so now you have the argument of like whoa wait can we because we also have the Rams pick as well that we just got in the trade with Goff and Stafford. So we will have somewhere between 24, assuming they make the playoffs, which also right now, not looking too good. Now they've dropped three straight. Then we'll have somewhere between 24 to 31, and that could be also a place to get somebody like potentially Malik Willis, who's not had a great college career, but we know has good intangibles that could maybe get the job done. Not saying that's what we should do, but I'm saying, is there going to be the need to draft a quarterback number one? I don't think so. I think if you want to go get a, your guy in the pass rush, I think you do because we desperately will need it. I don't think you should draft a quarterback if you're not going to have any receivers for him. Stafford at least had Calvin Johnson. Well, who do we true. have? Nobody. Amon Ross, St. Brown, or whatever? He's Come on. good, but we need other people we need, around yeah, him. Yeah, that's the one thing. Is Khalif like, is good, but he's not a number two receiver. And don't even get me started on Tyrell Williams. That was a flop from day one. Yeah. I don't know. The Ohio, I'll tell you what, though. Ohio State's receivers... Good. I would be okay with us drafting any of them. Those guys literally did not drop. They got they mossed like every. There's like four times where they just mossed Michigan's defenders. Just went right over top of them. Like, Good thank defenders. you, thank you. I'll take that. Yeah, just, that, that was crazy. That was the one thing that was like really stuck out. Was like their receivers are. Cr- Probably one of the main reasons why C.J. Stroud is so good. Yeah, because he could literally just toss it up a fifty-fifty ball and they'll come down with it every time. Yeah, when you're a first, when you're a first-year signal caller and you're putting up almost four hundred yards a game. Not saying like you're not yeah. that good. I mean you're good, but, but like you got, you got some, some nice help. incredible receivers coming in that are just ridiculous. Yeah, but I think what we have also learned is having a solid fundamental well, I shouldn't say solid, more than solid fundamental base of a run scheme can still work. Mm-hmm. Because I think everyone at this just generation pass happy, pass happy. Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I want to be the next Mahomes. But at the end of the day you can still win games on the ground. And I mean 
one thing we did learn from this, especially now watching this whole season transpire and what happened during the COVID season last year, that Hassan Haskins was the right choice over Zach Charbonnet. 1,000%. He was a much better choice. And then adding Blake Corum was just the icing on the cake in that room. So I think that this was a fantastic game for Michigan fans. Michigan State fans should also be happy. They also had a good season outside of a couple couple slip-ups, which happens. It it really does. So Mm -hmm. I think they should definitely be in the conversation for getting maybe into a New Year's Six, pending the matchup. Because, I mean, you're ranked right now, what, Adam, like, want to say 7, 10, Remember 9? Michigan it was State. like 11, Was it? Somewhere. About Michigan yeah. State? Yeah. They locked in a New Year's 6. Are they locked in yeah, a New Year's 6? Yeah, because it said, like, what's at stake for Michigan State this game? It was like New Year's 6 bowl. Yeah, I think they should definitely get one. They, yeah. they definitely is. That team is good. That, it's good enough to make a solid game. Yeah. All I know is uh, Brian Kelly saw us coming to the Fiesta Bowl or whatever, and he, he dipped. He didn't want any oh, part of Tuck. He didn't want any part of him. No. Oh, Brian Kelly's not even finishing out the season then? I don't know the rumors, but if yeah, he I ha- heard he had, like, an 11-minute meeting with his guys at 7 a.m., mm-hmm. and they just, like, left. And he also apparently, out. I saw After something. After spending, what, like 15 years there or something like that? It was a long time. I, He's like that I dude who leaves you to the side door after communion. Oh, that, my, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's the what? one thing about that, like, situation. And, I mean, if we want to talk about, like, Lincoln Riley and stuff, too. Like, But with Brian Kelly, it's like you spent so many years there. You've built up a reputation and, a, and a, uh, like, a culture there. And for you to just leave that for LSU just for more money, I feel like is just not, not great. I don't really. I'm not. Gonna, I, I'm not gonna say I don't respect that, but it's like you have all these guys who are like depending on you because you got them there and promised them so many things, and then it's like, hey, oh, like Kansas or something. You want to yeah. move up in the you know get a little bit more prestigious university, yeah. but, but you're Notre, Notre Dame, Dame is, exactly. You know, primarily in the top twenty-five. It's I mean, not like they're terribly overrated, school. but yeah. Yeah, I mean they're yeah exactly. I'm not gonna argue with that with that, but like. I don't know. Notre Dame's like a pretty prestigious football school. I mean, people oh, yeah. want to go there. They get some five-star recruits people and stuff. People want to wear the gold helmet. Yeah, There's it's, a tradition there. It's a, it's just like with Lincoln Riley. I mean, he comes into Ohio, Oklahoma, then, you know, kind of builds a program, gets some solid recruits in there, and then you just like, hey, I'm just going to go to USC real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to the SEC. I mean, I would take that deal, though. Let me, let me, let's me let be honest. Have you seen – did you see that deal, mm-hmm. what he gets? Mm-hmm. I would take that deal. He wants no mm-hmm. part of the SEC. No. Yeah. Hey, let's join the SEC real quick, and then they, when they do, he just like I'm gonna bounce. Um, yeah, I'm gonna leave. Rat- Rattlers out too. Yeah, he decided Tensor to leave. Portal. That's I mean that's best good. decision for him because he's not it gonna is. next year. He won't stay the field if you play nope. behind. If he not stayed. a chance. No, no possibility. But did you see the Lincoln Riley deal? I, it's 110 million, something like 110 that. 110 million. Mm-hmm. USC, the institution, is paying for two houses, mm-hmm. and then so. He, when he, that's also just another like Lug- two three luxuries. million dollars for him if he, yeah, when he decides to sell. Or whatever. Yeah. So that's going to be more money for him when he decides to sell. Five hundred thousand dollars for like another house or something like that. I thought I saw five hundred thousand dollars for something, and then free use of a private jet for him and his, him and his family all year round. Mm-hmm. I would take that deal in a heartbeat. I love how he just. I feel like they were going to give him the hundred ten million dollars. Like, let's see what else we can get. I'm just going to start throwing crazy things. In <laughs> yeah, it's like. Wait, what, what else, LSU what else offering? do you want to give? What else? Is, what is LSU offering? Oh, okay. Let me throw in a chat. How's yeah. that sound? <laughs> like, oh, it's like, whoa, hey, uh, I, I like that idea. That's a uh, yeah, but if but you'd yeah. be ha- you'd be crazy not to get that deal. Yeah, that's just an insane amount of money. Yeah. I don't think nobody. I don't think anybody is like frantic or panicking or just kind of like bombshelled by like the deals themselves. 
But the fact that they're coming weeks before conference championships yeah, and bowl before, games. Yeah, before like... You're like, wait a second. You're Oklahoma, and you're a top eight team theoretically in the country right now. And, I mean, Notre Dame's right there too. Like, they're in the top eight. Both teams are. You have prestigious head coaches that have been shown that they can win some of these big games. Well, Notre Dame not so as recently, but you know what I'm saying. And then they just leave. Well, this is the time you that you made the deal. Why? Yeah. Wait till the season comes out. Let your guys go all the way through. Because now you just screw guarantee. Oklahoma yeah, because I guarantee. I guarantee both those guys. Like you gotta have integrity. Like you gotta have respect and stuff. It's like, what does that say about your character to leave? Like when both your teams have a chance to make bowl games and have a very solid season to end, and you're just gonna say, "Hey, I'm leaving." I'm going to go get this money, and you guys can see and never have a nice life. Especially before the most people Exactly. Especially these kids don't get paid either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you get NIL, but that's only the guys who, you know, have a crazy amount of followers on Instagram and stuff. Uh, These guys, like, are playing for, are playing to, like, have a future for, like, the league and stuff. Lincoln Riley already has one. You're already getting paid millions of dollars to be in Oklahoma. Then you're just going to, and Brian Kelly, too, is like, you're just going to leave these guys, especially when Notre Dame has a chance to play pretty solid for the end of the season and get a solid bowl game and then be able to play that out. Why wouldn't you just say, LSU, I'll take the deal, but just let me finish out the season? These are the same guys who are all like, oh, I don't like it when seniors don't play in bowl games. Whatever. Those seniors, they're going for the money themselves. If they get injured in that bowl game, their career could be done. Yeah. Whereas these guys are just on the, on the sideline. You lose a bowl game, you still get the contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that's a, also bowl games too. I I don't like it when seniors don't sit out because that's kind of, I don't think that's really integrity integrity wise. That's not good. That's kind of weak for. Wait, if they sit out, if they I don't like it when they sit out because I think that they're letting down their teammates that they've been with all year. Oh. I don't like I, it when I they sit out. I thought at first you, you said the other way around. Like, chan- no, when the NCAA has integrity, they can they can start saying you have, that. What you have the chance to get injured, but it's like you've had the chance to get injured your whole season so far. Yeah. So. You you secure the bag. What's one more game? You play better. You because uh, bowl games like in NFL terms, a bowl game is a playoff game. How are you going to play when the lights are on? Yeah. People want to see a bowl that. game because that's the next if level. You're, if you're not in the NFL playoffs, game. a bowl game is the closest you're going to get to somewhat of NFL type play for scouts. Yeah, because you're actually playing a solid team, especially mm-hmm. if you're. Like, I, I still if they were paid this one thing, if they're not being paid, I still I can't fault them for that. You know what I mean. I don't know. I think like it's just a way that... Are these guys going for their degree or whatever? There's no minor league football that yeah. they can go into. So... I don't know. I feel whenever you are... Whenever you have a relationship with the guys that you're around and then you get to a bowl game that you've worked hard for with all these guys that you have on your team and then you're just going to say, all right, you guys go crazy at this last game, but I'm not going to play. Even though one of the main reasons that you're there... As like when Michigan had when Michigan had the bowl game when like Chase Winovich and all those guys were there I forget who our running back was but he decided not to play and there was like a couple other guys that didn't want to play it's like we lost that bowl game but it's like we could have eased we got to the bowl game because of those people that decided to sit out to play so it's like you're not gonna win the bowl game now because you don't have those main players because they're sitting out and it's just like yeah you're fighting for a t- you're fighting for a NFL contract but these guys who like you said are going for their degree and stuff like. They want to be like make history there. Like they at least want that, and then it's like you're kind of taking away their chance for that. So I don't. I, don't I, th- I, don't think, agree it's, with I it. think it's likely that their teammates support them in the decision. Honestly, I don't think. Uh, I have a feeling that there's not any. Resentment I think it's like half and room. half. I think it's like half and half. I feel like probably the naked eye, it'll be like yeah, like their teammates support them. But I know that a lot of those guys are probably just like pissed deep down that they're not that their teams teammates aren't playing with them. 
Yeah, I mean, from that point on, you're you're observing, you're excuse me, you're absorbing your own character at that point. Yeah. Like that's what's going to show out in that situation. So, it, it's tough. And it, I think like we're. I mean, I'm I'm happy for like these guys that are getting recognition for all the good work that they've put in. As far as like, I mean, they go through so much stuff mentally, physically. You're hitting guys left and right all season long, and it's just hard for it's hard for me to see like. Yeah, I know it, it. Like it sucks, but it's like it's one more game of football. How many people would give an arm and a leg to play a game of football at the college yeah. level? You know, so that's where it kind of can get the perspective gets skewed, and and then you have a situation of, oh, like oh, this guy's just really upset at this one guy, mm. so he won't play. It's like, come on, put that behind. That's 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 girl type stuff, you know. And it's like, what what do you what do you mean? Like, I'm that's his decision. I mean, that's you can say whatever you want. He's not gonna say, oh. Well, this um, Jim Jimbo four five two on social media said I should play, so I'm not going to. You're just like, wait, that, like that doesn't matter to anything. Like, I mean, the the bottom line is this: it's their it's their decision, and if they if that's what they think is the best of their career, that's fine. They're just gonna have to accept the like if you lose if you lose stock potentially, if you're a draft bound player, or if you just want to give up one more game, that's your decision, and you're gonna mm-hmm. live up to that. So, that's what it comes down to. But. I mean, these these moves are just crazy. Just the fact that they're all coming down right now when, like, the heat of the season is getting up. Like, Notre Dame is pretty much in flux right now. Just the fact that Brian Kelly walked out. Like, they're, like I think their AD came on this morning, and he was like, yeah, I think we're going to use our current coaching staff, and we're going to we're gonna have these guys uh, make sure that they can figure out how to or do the coin toss and stuff. I'm like, do you know exactly the magnitude of what just happened? Yeah. Like, this is not going to go well, but I, I yeah. don't know. Oklahoma, you always knew that Lincoln was going to leave at some point. It was just, was he going to go up or was he going to go elsewhere? So now now we have the answer. He went elsewhere. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, especially since all these teams are in the college football playoff, consideration, consideration is the word, not expectation, that it's just crazy that their coaches would end up and leave because they're almost ending their team chances right there. Yeah, because then now they're gonna have to try to, to figure out something else. For a team to get over that of scrap what you did yeah. all year. For a team and to get you over have to do that, something different not, because you have a different head coach. Especially this late in the season, I think Notre Dame's not gonna win their bowl game, and Oklahoma, when they get into a bowl game, is not gonna win it. Yeah, it's, Most it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I think it. I I don't know what the situation would be to get either of these teams into a playoff. I think that takes some losing at the top. I mean, I mean, if Georgia beats Alabama, you could make that argument because now they have two losses, and mm-hmm. the, the committee likes teams that are undefeated, aka Cincinnati for once. But it's there's a lot that's a lot going on. I mean, Cincinnati could lose next week; they, they could lose next week. So the fact is, like, what they're going to do from there if they end up losing is Notre Dame going to get bumped in? They're the next one up after Michigan. So I don't know. This this is just a tough time for all this to go on, and like. What a terrible way, really, to go down, and it's tough, yeah. especially for like the fact that it's like, yeah, we just bought your coach from you, still, and then so your seasonal end kind of a thing. I yeah. know it's not made in that exact, like in in that exact scenario, but it kind of feels like that. So it's tough to go. But anyway, moving now over into, of course, yes, I see, I see, Adam, you're getting anxious. I know because we're all anxious about MLB free agency and everything that's going on. I know. Detroit fans have some things to talk about this morning as we have now added a shortstop that is a former all-star that is a home run champ. Oh, I'm just kidding. The it's World not Series Carlos champion. Correa. It's Javier Baez instead on a six-year, $140 million deal is coming to Detroit. 
And Max is not happy about it. Tell us why. I'm not. I'm not pleased. It's like because I woke up this morning and let's just say the mood on Tiger's Twitter was like, it's like you're playing wee bowling and you throw the ball backwards. I saw that. Like that's all. Yeah, that's that's what Tiger's Twitter reminded me of today. It's uh, when your owner has billions. Like we're talking like billions. Do you have any concept of how much money that is? I certainly don't. It's, it's f- a, isn't he the fourth fourth richest guy uh-huh. in the MLB? Keep going. And you 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 cheap out on the listen. If there was just him available, that's fine. You know whatever. But we had like guys like Correa and Story. The Rangers dropped half a billion on their team mm-hmm. for two guys Chris, for their middle infield. Chris Illich could buy the Rangers twice, still have half of his wealth left over. I don't care if you have to make hot and ready. The pizza king. The pizza king. <laughs> that dude could like. Scrooge could bring McDuck back, yeah. squ- swim in his money, like dive into a thing of gold coins. He could coins. bring back the five dollar hot and ready, and not even care because it's even though it loses them money. If you get taxpayer I pay, money, I pay ten dollar hot and ready to see Carlos Correa play in Detroit. If you get taxpayer money to build your stadium, whether it be Little Caesars Arena or Comerica Park, you you have an obligation, in my opinion, to throw. I don't forty. Forty million a year. I don't care. It's not my money. He has billions. Again, do you have any concept of how much money that is? He's you got could, multiple billions could, of dollars. You could build m- multiple Little Caesars arenas with his. You could build like four or five and still Bro, have. Oh, it's billions. And billions. Billions. He's good. All right, Javier Baez is a good good baseball player. Sure. No question. He strikes out 30% of the time. That's and true. walks 7% of the time. True. He's got the worst plate discipline of any regular in Major League Baseball. And now he's playing in Comerica Park, so we'll see how the power numbers translate. But he's a good defensive shortstop. That's what we need. You're adding potentially 4 or 5 war a year onto your roster, but you could have had 7. You could have had six or seven war a year. Pencil it in. Correa's 27 years old. You give him a 10-year contract. It's not a Miggy contract. We extend a Miggy at 31. Correa just turned 27. Mm-hmm. We got Hinch. They had lunch the other day. Yes. Like, come on. Buy his lunch or something. I don't know. Get him. Listen. And they, because nobody wants to pay him. Yankees don't want to go over. Jim Crane, apparently, uh, I guess Correa was insulted by that offer when they were trying to work on an extension. Oh. So I don't know who, I well, mean, Dodgers? Are we going, do- they, their payroll is no. massive. No. We're, if he goes to the Dodgers or the Yankees, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't think mind. he's going to, see, that's the thing. That's who we're competing against. Right. So why wouldn't you, you know, just. Lay it all on the table. Like uh, you want forty-five million a year? Here, fine. I, you know, I make this. Do you know how many hot and ready pizzas I have to sell? I'll buy <laughs> a hot and ready pizza every week. I don't even care. But ugh, we better get someone else, whether it be a pitcher or some bullpen. Or I hope the Illich family is listening to this podcast. And if you are, thank you. The Illich and family. I, I want to see this offer like put down on a contract of if we get if we get Correa that. Adam Langworthy himself has to buy a Little Caesars pizza every week. I'll even go the, the extra season. most bestest pizza or the calzone. I don't even care. Oh, that's now seven dollars. He's really giving up the pennies for this. Listen, <laughs> I I might not eat it myself because it's it's kind of gross. I'm not gonna lie, but I will donate it to <laughs> Just someone. Buy it and throw it away. I will subject someone to it. Okay. I mean, give give someone the pizza. Yeah. All right. So as of December 16, uh, so his net worth has probably gone up by then. 
He was 86 on the Forbes 400 and had an ed- estimated net worth of $6.1 billion. Is that Mike or Chris? That's the Illich family. But it's, it's, it's family Mike. It's, together? Yeah. That's, that, well, that's Mike Illich. So then the family together probably has close to like $10 billion probably. Yeah. And then it's probably gone up even more now that he died like a couple years ago. Yes. And you, the Red Wings have a salary cap. It's not like he has to spend buku bucks yeah. on the Red Wings or anything. I said it once. I won't be near the salary cap. Just no, saying. No. Uh, yes. No. Yes. No. And here's because why. it's the let same me, thing. Let me as tell New you York. why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell it's you New why. It's New York versus LA no, all the no, time. Sh- no. When's the last time the Yankees win the World Series? New 2009. York just, as, New, as New York gets all the big players. I'm not saying they no, make they it to don't. the World Series. They, they got, don't, They though. shell out money for... They don't. When, Garrett Cole, John Carlos Stanton, all It's been over a decade since they've been in the it World Series. It doesn't matter that they're mad. It matters that they spend all that money to it get does, people. So who cares that they spend the money to get people and they don't make the World Series? It's not a parody issue at that point. But then the, you have the Dodgers, too, on the other side who spend a whole bunch of money to get Bauer, Scherzer, all those guys. I mean, Scherzer's now gone. Though, now he went to the Mets for... He's going to make $45 million on How many of those guys are homegrown? Dustin May, homegrown. Walker Bueller, homegrown. Clayton Kershaw, homegrown. Seager was homegrown. But still, all the extensions that they have to add on to a Clayton Kershaw thing gets so paid a whole bunch I'm of money. I'm all for just, them re-signing their own players. Yeah, but I'm saying then that just is the salary cap thing. It's like no. I, it makes it way more fair. Why are you signing with the billionaires? I don't care. I say it's more fair listen, for no, other teams. Listen, small market teams, yes. Small, no, small no, 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 market no, no, teams. No. I'm talking about, I don't care if you're a billionaire. You do with your money whatever you want. I'm saying small market teams have no chance don't of competing with those high teams. Don't give me that crap. The Tigers' revenue-sharing check that they get from the MLB is $200 million a year. That could pay... Our payroll is less than that right now. I'm saying, yeah. If I'm saying... Illich, if we don't have a salary cap, then I don't know why Illich doesn't spend more. But I'm saying a salary cap for all those small teams. Nah, that should this is the reason. This is the reason. In, uh, in the other leagues, your, your G League, you know, I mean, NFL doesn't have a minor league, but your your hockey minor leagues, those guys get they they can live right on the, what they make. Mm-hmm. You go to the minor leagues, can't make li- anything. They literally it- had congressional legislation to allow them to pay to be paid less than a minimum wage. They just. A big new thing in the minors this year is they're they're paying for housing this year. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, more than four people can't sleep in a bedroom. It's like, you guys sleeping in their cars. They were eating, you think ramen's cheap food? You should see what these guys were eating. I know. What I'm saying is, I'm talking about for at least when they make it to the show, the MLB, What they, I think there needs to be obviously reform for, the M- for at least minor leagues because minor league players are treated like dirt. I agree well, on that. They're, they're playing less than dirt, actually. The CBA expires today. Yeah. So they're already meeting about this. That salary cap, that's never going to happen. That's yeah. The, the MLBPA is by far the most incompetent players association. Whoa. But whoa. It's a disaster. Whoa. You just Marvin call- Marvin Miller would not be happy. That's all I'm saying. You're calling Justin Verlander a bum? I, think I didn't say he's a bum. Be. I said the players association's not well, he's good. A part, he's the lead committee on it. They're all part of the players association. Which they're the also... People, the people who represent them in their... Arguing and stuff are terrible. Okay. Honestly. Well, also, Carl, isn't it true that Marcus Simeon and Justin Verlander are on that committee? Correct. They're, they're not. Rep- they're like. They're like. They're in the top. They're in the top they're, eight. Of- they're the players represent representatives to the association. They're not the ones on the front lines negotiating with the owners. Sure, but they're the representative voice. Well, kind, of, but they're not and the ones they negotiating. They signed their deals before the CBA. Expires. So what now? What are we saying that this is going to be a potential lockout for? Oh no, there's 100 percent going to be a lockout. That's a fact. No, no, no. I'm saying for a long period, like almost months and months at a time. I wouldn't be surprised. Labor relations are the worst they've been in at least a quarter of a century in, yeah. in Major League Baseball. This gets me to 
now does that mean that we're going to see even higher amounts of spending over the next couple of days? The fact that now, the CBA expired today, so I think they're they're not. I think today because that's why you see a flurry of activity. It's because it expires today, and right? Because to the, there's there's legitimately security concerns about the season. I, th- I think the most the most uh, is what they're trying to do is the rookie contracts. You get you're pretty much signed through like twenty your age twenty seven season, so part of your prime. Right. I think they're gonna try to maybe cut down that on that or get some more money to, for their rookie contracts. Because mm-hmm. you know the way analytics and everything have gone. Well, not necessarily analytics, because you can certainly get value out of older players, but. No, front offices are looking at guys who are 32, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's basically he's got one foot in the grave. Hmm. So the guys aren't getting your big 12-year con- – they're not getting Miguel Cabrera contracts anymore. They're not right. getting the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Like, did you see uh, Ray's locked up Wander Franco? Yeah, for a like, long time. Yeah, a long time. And, like, compared to what the biggest stars are getting, like your Trouts, your Otanis, you know, your, mm-hmm. your what Correa is going to get, like, it's pennies in the dollar, and they're yeah. going to have him forever. Same with uh, Acuna. Mm-hmm. And it's that's what I think they're gonna go after. But salary cap, no, no. Yeah, I I I personally like the fact that it's different. But what gets me is that like you don't see you don't see more spending, and teams just say why. Like you, you like when you look at a fan base like Detroit, everyone's mad because yeah, it's not Carlos Correa that was announced this morning. We get Yet. it. Yet. Okay, we'll okay, see. okay. We'll see. Okay, I know where you're going with that, and I like that idea that we could get him and then Javi a second, but. What we just saw already, yeah, we played Eduardo. That was a pretty decent look, I guess you could say, as far as contract wise for seventy seven. I, I I don't like that. I don't mind that at all. Excuse me. I don't mind that at all. And I don't like. Well, compared to what some of the other pitchers got already this season, it looks like a steal. Almost. Right, exactly my point. That's given me the pr- impression that he's doing it again. Discount, trying to get discount, but. It's not necessarily, yeah, they're taking this offer, but he doesn't want to go there. We're going to offer him just a little less. It's that nobody really want, or he, they don't want to pay them more, or the other the other teams to whoever the player is. Like for example, Javi Baez was rated like he was getting a hundred million or hundred and hundred twenty million dollar offers, and then we gave him one hundred forty. Are we just bumping up the price on good players, not necessarily elite players? That tells me that Illich's change or patterns have not changed at all. I mean, they have because he's actually spent money. You realize that the first—that is a step in the right the direction. First, I agree, but here's the thing: I'd say it, I'd go with the whole step in the right direction thing. If, if since 2015, you know the you know the first multi-year contract Illich authorized since like 2015 was Robbie Grossman yes. last year. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's cheaping out and not going for it, and then there's that. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're gonna have to contend with Chicago. We're gonna have to contend with LA if we're trying to win a World Series. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Torque and Green, they they every time They'll they come up, they us. hit. But you know, how long is that gonna take? The uh, like just for their shortfall, if they don't it could do be well next year. I mean, we might make 2023 probably would be my guess. Better chance with Correa on the team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody wants Correa, and the fact that it was not Correa announced this morning just gave everybody no hope. Dumpster fire almost. Because it was really Correa or bust. That's what this fan base was expecting. I'm not saying, like, Baez isn't a good player. Story isn't a good player. Correa is an elite player. He's on that top tier compared to these other guys. Like 6-7 war. Yeah, he's up That's what we want. And 27. Like... Baez and we've never had 29. that kind of a person, really. If you Miguel look at the was stats, the last person we had like that. If you look at the stats, I mean, 
Baez is just Puerto Rican Jonathan Scope. That's pretty much what he is. <laughs> like you look, they're very comparable. Uh, Scope just turned thirty. Baez just turned twenty nine. Very comparable so far in their career. Yeah. Like I, obviously Baez is going to be better defensively. He's getting that shortstop and money. He's going to sell more tickets. But uh, yeah, offensively very comparable and. It, that's kind of a bargain based on whatever what everyone else is paid, like what Seager got. But at the same time, is there any reason you can't go get Story? Is there any reason you can't go get Correa? Keep in mind they have mm. billions. Mm. That's true. My my question is, if would necessarily now use Baez as quote unquote bait to bring in some of those other guys? Like, hey, we'll put you we'll put you with Javi Baez in middle infield, and you guys can turn it together. Like, is that what you do now as Detroit? Or do you go straight up and say, hey, we're, we're still forking? Because that's what we want. We want I think to hear you throw that a bag of money dough. at whoever wants to come to Detroit, and that's what you do. I don't think it's by as necessarily a big selling point. I'd say Hinch is more of a selling point. Cause yes. Guy can, that guy can manage, let me tell you that right now. Yes. he's, he's like single, He single-handedly took this team from, last, or from Guardies last year and turned them into a winning team. Without really changing that much, and we'll we'll see what happens because you know, like I don't think decisions are made in the Tigers front office. Uh, you know, Sartori's going to have some some input. A lot of the other analytics guys that they hired are going to have some input. If they didn't think there was something that they could fix with Javi with his uh, with his strikeouts and whatnot, you know, I don't think they would have made made this deal. We'll see. It's not it's not a Chris Davis contract. I can tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, that would be bad. The best best move Al Avila ever made was talking old Mike out of Chris Davis. That could have been a disaster. Ugh, gosh, he would have probably. Oof. That could have been disaster. Glad we got Justin Upton instead. Yeah, because I mean, he, he was actually the only thing is like retaining. We don't do much of. So, so it's, yeah, that's what you need to do. Right. You know, we need a Miguel. That's what brings people to root for this town. That team is the Miguel Cabreras of the world. And that's what we need. And that's what we want Correa to be and lock him up for a long-term deal, which is going to be hefty out of our paycheck, but it shows commitment. Our paycheck is out of Mike, you know, Chris Illich's paycheck. I, it's not my money. Well, I, yeah, exactly. It's not I my know. billions of dollars. <laughs> no, yeah, I know what you're I see your point. But the fact of it is, are they willing to show commitment for this fan base, for this franchise, to do it? The Rangers do, and they look like crap last year i guess guess we'll find out because you know like i don't know who else is gonna nobody wants to pay him 35 million a year oh it could be up to i guess i could see it up to what 40 or whatever yeah, yeah we'll see i mean what seager got 325 you could make the argument 350 plus yeah for his career we'll see and they're we'll both see. about the same age well no seager's a little older by like yeah, six Gray months crazy youngest one yeah i don't forget trevor story's still out there i mean Baez uh, is only 28 though too 29 just turned 29. Well, yeah, pretty close, yeah. But, I mean, you definitely have the argument of, like, there's still hope, and I really want, I really hope that's true because I would love to see that middle infield. But I'm not, I'm, I'm still skeptical after this Baez move because it looks like another cheap shot under the, under the line, and then we just forked up a little over. That's what I'm saying. I'm more than happy to be wrong. And, I mean, there's been arguments that we sh- we're going to bring JV back, did not happen. There was arguments that we were going to get Seager during this whole process. That did not happen, which I was kind of skeptical about that in the first place because I feel like Seager was going to get more money elsewhere. Just, just give give Rodon like a two year contract. We need, yeah, just get him in here. We need, we need more pitching. That's what we need. Yes, Kershaw. Do we take Kershaw? 
I mean, I don't maybe. I mean, because look who we got the rotation right now. We got because we're gonna get Marcus Stroman. That's why. Oh, no. Please no. <laughs> oh hey, my gonna, gosh, he is insufferable on Twitter. <laughs> he is affordable, but I mean, there. I I would agree. Though I think we agreed to this off air just so, uh, a little while ago before we um, recorded the show this morning. If Baez is the solution that they want, sure. All we're saying is make sure we're not just leaving money on the table for a team that's ready to win now. You know, like if we're, let's buy some arms then, if that's what we're gonna do. If you're sold on bias, sure, go all in. I'm confident. Go buy some arms too, and let's do this thing. But if it's just this with Eduardo and Baez, that's your splash. No, that's a bust. No, I mean it's a good. It's just a disappointing, especially when you're like, oh, the short the resources for a shortstop is gonna be there. It'd be disappointing. I'm not gonna say it's a bust. I'll say yet, it's a bust. All I know is we need we need pitching, and if you want to force your window open, because we don't know what's going to happen with the CBA. Yeah. You know what? What if something happens where oh now rookie contracts are shorter? They last till like twenty five, twenty six age season or whatever, and uh, then we don't have Green and Torkelson for as long. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you could have forced open your window if you'd have gotten Correa, and we'd have a longer run at it. But now. You know, like I said, Baez is a huge upgrade. We were like yeah, negative. Yeah. He's going to win us games. Negative war last year from the shortstop position. But yeah. we we need we need more. We need more. We need more. That's what everybody agrees with, and that's what we hope to see. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to this lovely episode. Adam, thanks once again for hopping on the mics with thanks me and Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, Joe kind of slipped out on us. Um, we wondered if you guys were ever going to catch it, but he's got class to do because he's a good scholarly student, unlike me and Adam. But just kidding. We got our class out of the way this morning. But thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you check out our social media at the MVSP. Follow and subscribe on whatever f- podcast platform that you're on. Your favorite, of course. We love Spotify, but there's more out there. But until next time, we'll see you later.